The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Do you have a deep love for Jesus today in your heart? And does it extend beyond simply the emotion into an absolute loyalty and passion? Jesus is on his way in the story in Mark 
10th chapter. He's on his way to Jerusalem, where he'll be crucified. He's been telling his disciples about this tragic, scandalous night where he will face his accusers and they will, in rage, crucify him. As he's walking with them, they come to the city of Jericho. As they begin to enter Jericho, there is a crowd of people who join, who are very excited about about Jesus coming to their city. In the crowd, sitting beside the road, is a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. When Bartimaeus hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, his heart rises up in great passion and faith. For he has heard that this Jesus, this son of David, and he believes he is the son of David, the Messiah. He's heard that the Messiah heals the blind and touches the lepers. And he knows this is his only opportunity. And he was right. It was his only opportunity. For Jesus was going to be crucified. Now, Bartimaeus was not on Jesus' agenda that day. But blind Bartimaeus began to cry out to the Lord. He began to call after him, crying out after him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, shouting at the top of his lungs. Now we find in the story that the people all begin to rebuke him and say, be quiet. Stop it. I've been told many times, look, pastor, just go in the anointing you have and stop praying about this Holy Spirit business and and stop crying out. You received everything you're going to receive when you were born again. There is no Pentecost baptism for you. I've had people even harsh and angry with me over this issue. But I tell you, my heart will not let me stop crying out to Jesus until he stops and calls me. Blind Bartimaeus, what do you really want? I want my sight. I want to be able to see. He's a blind beggar. Kicked, abused, cursed, receiving alms, looked down on. He wants to live. And he knows the only one who can give him life is Jesus of Nazareth. He's not going to be quiet. He shouts all the louder. He shouts all the more. Now, can I be very honest with you? Many of you have just shut up. You're in a prayer meeting, and there's a hand over your mouth. There's no eagerness to get into the presence of God. You just don't want to disturb anyone. You don't know what to say. Well, what do you want? What do you want? What do you really want from Jesus? You think he's going to pass you by? 
I'm sure Blaine Bartimaeus felt like he'd been passed by many times. I'm sure there was a a hopelessness in his heart, a despair. He's always going to be a blind man. He'll never be able to see. But somehow when he heard about Jesus passing by, hope and faith rose up in his heart. And he said, this is my chance. I'm not going to miss it. It doesn't matter how much they tell me to shut up. It doesn't matter even how much they kick me and throw dirt on me and say, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're disturbing us. You're embarrassing us. How much do you want from Jesus? Are you ashamed of Jesus? Are you just going to hold your peace? Are you comfortable just showing up in a religious service and saying that's all there is? I went to church. I paid my tithe. I went through the rituals. I went to communion. That's it. There is no more for me. Oh, my brother, my sister. Jesus is passing by, and this is your chance. Will you cry out to Jesus until he answers you? Will you you embarrass yourself? Will you be shameless? Now, let's look at the story. There are crowds following They're getting nothing from Jesus. They're jostling. They're laughing. They're happy. They've got their lives. And when Jesus leaves Jericho, they go back to their jobs and they go back to their homes and they go back to their normal Jericho life, whatever that was. But Bartimaeus wants more. And most people that I know don't want more. They want a touch of God, but not such that it causes them to throw their schedule out the window and causes them to turn from all of the goals they have in their life for their future. Don't don't disturb me. I'm willing to come to... to a worship service, and I'll shout and spit, and I'll, just like they do at a football game. How many people go to a football game, cheer wildly, go home and become a football player? Well, nobody. Nobody. It's entertainment. The Lord said to Ezekiel, these people, They listen to you preach, Ezekiel. They gather before you, and they listen as you preach, and you are to them like beautiful music. It flows off of them. They enjoy hearing you preach, and then they go home and they live their wicked, normal life. I often say, Lord, am I just another religious song on the radio? on the internet? Am I just entertainment for people? Is your gospel reduced to entertainment? Oh, my brother, my sister, what is it you really want from Jesus? Are you willing to fast and pray and cry out to him until he answers you? Are you willing to embarrass yourself with your hunger for Jesus? Here's blind Bartimaeus. 
shouting at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They're saying, shut up, shut up. Don't bother him. Have you shut up? Do you just pray polite little prayers now? Or do you actually cry out loud? If you'd been in my house this morning, you would have heard the sounds of a loud voice crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ. While on others thou art calling, Jesus, do not pass me by. Jesus, I'm blind. I'm blind. I need to see in the spirit realm. I need to see you, Jesus. I have faith. But now I need the fullness of Luke 11. I need the Pentecost baptism. I'm embarrassed saying that. I've been at this journey for over 50 years as a pastor, and I still have not received the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If I had, you would see a great revival moving. You would see men and women rushing. We put these videos out and 50 or 60 people will watch them, not 10,000. Why? Well, the devil blesses his videos and they go to thousands. A million. We need Jesus to bless his word. So I'm crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, will you bless your word? Will you put your word in my mouth? I'm blind. I need you. So with great cries in my house this morning, I've cried out to Jesus until I'm almost hoarse. What do you want? Do you just want Jesus to pat you on the head and say, there, there, I bless you with a blessing of comfort and peace in your heart, and I bless you with with the ability to make a little money so that you can take care of everything. You know, America's in trouble. And the church is in trouble. It's been vomited out of its buildings, and it doesn't have a backbone enough to stand up and say, look, we are the people of God, and we will gather in his name, even if it means gathering in secret, and, and and going to homes, we will not be silent and we will not stop coming together and pleading Jesus' mercy for this nation. Oh, my brother, we need Jesus. My sister, we need Jesus. Enough of this pretend stuff. Did blind Bartimaeus begin to pretend that he could see? No, he was healed. And the power of God began to move in his eyes and he could see. We need God to come in the mighty power of Jesus by the Holy Spirit that we could see, we could stop playing church. It's like God has said, enough is enough. I'm done with this. No more polite little effeminate services. He wants, I don't say this to put any woman down, but the Lord wants strong, masculine worship in America. And if that takes place, the beautiful women will come and add their tender touch to it. But right now, most of the people who, who help the church are women. They have a heart for God, and I praise God for every one of them. I just, 
I just received a wonderful Christmas card. It's beautiful. Gail, thank you. It just came this morning. It, it arrived. It was mailed way back in December. And many other women are, are sacrificing greatly to get this word out because they treasure it. They want something real. We need a, a husky, strong, manly, not an effeminate pushover, a wussy. We need men who will stand, who will not pull the punches, who will speak the truth. We need you to be that way. And if you're a woman, you can speak the word just as strongly as any man, but you've got to stand up and open your mouth and not be ashamed and call sin by its name and say, look, we've got to change what's going on in the American church. We've got to get right with Jesus. We've got to repent. Oh, my brother, my sister. Blind Bartimaeus would not shut up until he was healed. I said to the Lord this morning, Lord, as long as you send me the resources and enable me to be on the radio, I'm going to embarrass myself by constantly crying out against the wickedness in the church and in my own life if there be such. I'm not going to shut up until you come in revival power in America and lift up a standard of teaching across this nation that is strong, that is mighty in your name, that has power, power to heal the sick and raise the dead, power to restore the sight to the blind, power to cause those wicked sinner to repent and change his course of action. We have a, a Jesus of culture that's soft, effeminate, gentle and kind. Jesus was gentle and kind, but he was also a man's man. He could rebuke the disciples for turning the children away, and he could say, let the little children come unto me. But he could also sit with Nicodemus and say, if you are not born from above, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. We need men and women of strength. But particularly, we need men who will not shut up, who will not be arrogant, who will not be filled with self and pride. I laugh at these pastors who, who show up in their pretty little Hawaiian shirts and their tight jeans, not wearing socks, or, or in the, their, their little tennis shoes. I see pastors wearing tennis shoes that cost $1,000. I say, what? Well, we've got to be like everybody in our congregation. No, how about being like Jesus? How about laying aside all of your faddish dress and just preach Jesus? Confront sin and call the wicked to repent. That would be a pleasant change, wouldn't it? Blind Bartimaeus will not shut up. I will not shut up. I don't have to be successful. In the eyes of the world, I don't care if I'm successful. I care only in the eyes of Jesus 
if the work of the gospel is moving forward. And right now, the work of the gospel is desperately hindered by the lack of the power of the Holy Spirit in America. We have grieved him, and he has left us. And we must search after him. We must cry after Jesus until he sends forth his Holy Spirit again. He's done it in China. He's done it in other parts of the world. He can surely do it in America again. God is no respecter of persons. If we will humble our heart before him, if we will make righteous choices, if we will cry out to him, he will answer us. So Zacchaeus, sitting beside the road, crying out, getting kicked, getting shouted at, told to shut up. He wouldn't shut up. Suddenly, maybe Jesus picked up son of David. Jesus liked to be called son of man and son of David. He stopped. He said, bring that man to me. Bring that man to me. Oh, I want Jesus to say those same words. Bring that Ray Greenlee to me. Ray, what do you want? I want the Pentecost baptism in America again. That's all I want, Jesus. I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you for physical healing. I'm asking you for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in America again. I'm asking for revival. What do you want, Bartimaeus? What do you want? I can't. I can't help it. There's no sweeter thing that Jesus could say to you or to me. What do you want? Because John tells us that if we know he's heard us, he will give us what we've asked in accordance with his will. What do you want? I want souls saved for the kingdom of heaven. I want men and women to convert to be repentant of their sins, to turn from wickedness. I want the church to stop playing and get real. I want Christians to lay their lives down for Jesus Christ. I'm tired of this lukewarm sham. Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Be quiet. Shut up. Stop praying that way. Stop preaching that way. Oh, I've heard it so often. I'll tell you why, Pastor. No one's listening to your videos because you're preaching a message that's unacceptable in our culture today. So be it. I'm crying out for Jesus. He's the one who will move. He's the one who has the power. You know, I've told you before, I've pastored in churches with 3,000 people in them. 3,000 people spray-painted with Jesus, cotton candy Jesus, not real Christians. Worldly people playing church. I'm sick of it. I won't tolerate it. It breaks my heart. And I don't want to live like that. And so I'm crying out to Jesus. 
And he said to blind Bartimaeus, what do you want? Lord, I want to see. If Jesus came to you right now, and he said to you, Bob, Gail. If he said to you, Mary, Gino, Jose, Bertha, what do you want? You've been fasting and praying. Now, what do you want? Would you say, well, you know what, Jesus, let me think about that just a minute. I've, I've got a whole list of things I want. No. What do you want? Now, I know many of those I've just named would know immediately what they want, and they would say, Jesus, I want. Because they've been crying out to Jesus. I know that if Jesus came to my sister Gail and said, what do you want? She would know exactly what she wanted. I have that letter from Terry, that letter from Twyla. I saved this, Twyla. I read it. It encourages my heart because you know what? She knows exactly what she wants from Jesus. And she's crying out to the Lord over it. Leslie. So many of you. Would you cry out to the Lord for me, please? Instead of telling me to shut up, will you say shout louder? Will you lift up my hands in this broadcast while I shout aloud for the gospel to go forth in America? A true word. You know, I'm so... There was a pastor I started listening to. But I finally had to just turn him off. Because every time, it was all promotion. And it was all comfort to God's people. You know what? How do I say this? I'll just ask. Do you want something for Jesus? Or do you want something for yourself? If you want something for yourself, like peace, Someone just said, Cheryl, I don't know if I should be praying more or, or repenting more, but I want salvation and peace. Pray more. And in your prayer, you'll be called to repent and read the scriptures and shout aloud to Jesus and ask him to save your soul. Ask him to sanctify you through and through. Ask him to make you holy and by faith. Take the position that Romans says. Consider yourself a new creature in Christ, cutting off all sin. Pray and repent. They go hand in hand. And then as we receive that wonderful gift of salvation, Then we begin to cry out for what's on God's heart. And what's on God's heart? The salvation of Adam's race. The salvation of men and women 
That's what's on God's heart. That's why I keep pressing him for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not for me. The baptism of Pentecost was not for the disciples. It was so that they would have the power to do the work of Jesus in redemption for the lost and the dying. Some people say to me, Well, Pastor, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, all of us who are born again have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're we're sealed in him according to Ephesians, the first chapter. But that's not the Pentecost baptism. Pentecost baptism is for one thing and only one thing. Power. Power. Dunamis, dynamite, explosive power to win the lost, to confront the world, to call men and women to righteousness and see them come because of the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting them and turning them from unrighteousness. So we have two sides we have to deal with. One, we have to deal with our love relationship with Jesus and walk in the certainty walk in the certainty of salvation in Jesus. And secondly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now Cheryl is saying something that's very interesting. One pastor told me baptism of Pentecost shouldn't be expected anymore. You know why they're saying that? Because they've never been crucified with Christ. They're worldly Christians. They don't believe the gospel. How is the work of the gospel going to go forward when Jesus in John 15 says, you can do nothing without me? And you know what, guys? I've been a pastor for now over 50 years in Washington, D.C., and I have absolutely proven true that I can do nothing without Jesus. Yes, I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's true. And I've watched long enough as other pastors have done nothing either. Oh, they've built up a a mega church of wicked men and women who are unconverted who are cultural Christians, who are spray-painted with Jesus, but they're not really Christians. In my whole lifetime, I've only met a handful of people that I would call real Christians. Now, that's a crying shame. And by a, a real Christian, I mean a person who has given up their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about where they work. I'm talking about men and women who've given up all ownership over their life and who've been crucified with Christ and whose only agenda is to serve and please Jesus. I don't know very many people like that. but we need the power. I've spent my life trying to dig out one after another from the muck and mire of this world. And I'm saying, Jesus, if your Holy Spirit comes, and I know he will, then by your grace, 3,000 will be saved in a day. I know the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. The latter rain is that rain which, in the power of Pentecost, brings what is necessary to bring the harvest that's on the edge into full power and productivity in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blind Bartimaeus, Lord, I want to see. Jesus said to him, 
receive your sight. Faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising him. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Oh, my brother, my sister. We need Jesus. We need the power of Pentecost for the work of the gospel. Being baptized in Pentecost power is not a salvation issue. We're saved and sealed in the Holy Spirit and we no longer walk in sin. We walk clean and whole. But if we don't move beyond that into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we will die. And my life has been a life of intense struggle, crying out to God, not just for myself, but for the church, asking him to come in mighty power, asking him to come and redeem his people. Salvation is not just an individual exercise. Salvation is for the church. It's for the people. Now, I don't have time to go into this today. I'd love to tell you the story of Zacchaeus. I'll wait. I'll do that next Monday. It fits very much with this story. They're right together in the book of Luke. Chapter 18 ends with the story of blind Bartimaeus. Chapter 19 of Luke begins with the story of Zacchaeus. They are connected one to another. It too happened in Jericho. But I want to take the time we have left today to ask you, what do you really want? Why do you listen to this broadcast today? What is it you want in your heart? I want to pray for you. But I want you right now to pray with me, and I want you to tell Jesus exactly what you want. I can tell you now Jesus is passing by, and this is your chance. Will you repent of your letting the devil put his hand over your mouth? causing you to withhold your prayers and withhold your love for Jesus because you don't think your family will appreciate you or you don't think somebody will approve of you. Some of you today are like lost sheep, scattered without a shepherd. I want to pray with you. And I also want to let you know that tomorrow will be a day of prayer on this broadcast. We'll begin prayer at 1 o'clock, and we'll pray for one hour. You're welcome to call and pray with us. I'll open the phone lines at the very beginning. Last week, we were not able to get everyone in because they called at the very last minute. We ran out of time. So let's take some time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I acknowledge today that you are a God who is loving and merciful and kind, but you are also a God who is strong. 
You are a God who will judge the wicked and cast them into hell. I confess you do not have unconditional love. And you do not love the sinner and hate his sin. You hate all sinners. But you died in order that the gate could be opened, that sinners could become saints, that sinners could become righteous. And Lord, many that are listening to this broadcast today have hung too long in that middle place, saying that they are sinners who are saved. No, if they're saved, they're not sinners. For sinners have your wrath upon them. And Lord, I come today in the name of Jesus, in your name, precious Lord, and I plead with you to stop now for my brother and my sister Would you stop for that one who is blind today, who is crying out to see? Lord, would you move with healing right now for the blind Bartimaeuses? Would you move for those who are crippled and broken? And would you come with healing in your wings? And Lord, would you Come now to those who are broken in spirit, who are struggling with the load of guilt and the burden of sin. Lord, I'm asking, would you release them from this burden of sin? Will you cause them to cry aloud to you, Jesus, to give you no rest until you call them and say, what do you want? For, Lord, I know you are kind and merciful and slow to anger, patient, long-suffering, filled with tenderness and mercy. But I know you're also strong, and you don't play games. And you have no patience with people who want to compromise with darkness. You have no patience with men and women who want to play the victim card, who want to play the blame game. I know you have no patience for that man or that woman who wants to make excuses for his sin. Lord, you want us to come just as we are and confess honestly our condition before you as a holy God. Lord, I pray right now, for every person listening to this broadcast. I'm asking for a breakthrough in their life now. I'm asking that those bondages that they are caught in, I'm asking that you would give them the courage to confess fully to you their love for that sin and that bondage. And I'm asking if you would break it now in the name of Jesus. I bind every power of darkness that is holding anyone who is listening. I break that bondage in the name of Jesus and say, Satan, you release them now by the blood of Jesus. You have no authority over them. I claim each one for the kingdom of Jesus Christ and for the power of the gospel of Jesus. Lord, would you come now? And minister to every person listening. Would you call them to revival? Would you call them to reality? Will you awaken them from the demonic dream? Lord, would you ask them what do they want? And would you meet the cry of their heart to be released for righteousness? impurity, and wholeness. Lord, some need their family restored. Some need jobs. Some, Lord, are such a mess in every way. They just need you to come and bind up their leprosy and to heal them. 
Lord, I know you are a God of mighty power and nothing is too difficult for you. Would you fill every brother and every sister's heart with courage and hope and expectancy for you are here and you have stopped and you're saying to every one of them, what is it you want? Lord, cause them to speak it out clearly, audibly, loudly, what they want. Lord, I thank you. I worship you and praise you, Jesus. In your mighty name, amen. I welcome those of you who are on the internet to go to the live chat and just give prayers for people. Pray for people on the on the live chat. Respond to people who have who've come and talked about what they need. Encourage one another. I'd also love to know where you're where you're listening from. And if you don't feel the courage or the need or the desire to pray for someone, would you just put your name in in the state where you're listening from? And by the way, there's a reason I want your name. I want to be able to pray for you by name. I do daily intercession. And I pray for those who send letters. And I pray for those whose names pop up on the live chat. I also want to earnestly invite you to come and pray tomorrow. We need to pray. We need to pray for each other. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for for Joe Biden. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to see that man converted and come to Jesus and be transformed? instead of the wicked, evil man he is. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm coming from the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can email me at Pardon for F O R sin at AOL.com. I'd like to hear from you. You can also give if you are moved by the Holy Spirit to give by going to nationalprayerchapel.com. Click in the upper right hand corner and you can give as the Holy Spirit calls you. This is a faith ministry. Would you also subscribe to our channel? We need as many as possible because Google looks at that as they spread our our information. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I-